All right. Good evening. Good evening. Today is Thursday, October 11th, 2018. If you're listening, this is Travis with Oscar Mike Radio. Oscar Mike Radio is on the move on mission for veterans and military issues all the time. Welcome to the show. Hey, we're part of the Hubazoo Network, uh, a great podcast and multimedia organization. And if you want to find out more, I would go to hubazoo.com. That's W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O.com. Okay, this is the question of the week. Uh, One of my Army friends said, what do you think about the Army's new fitness test and the idea that if you can't pass it, you will be discharged. Well, there, there's no easy way to say this. Uh, being in the military is extremely physical. And while the old days of, you know, taking out a sword or a, an axe or a war hammer and killing your opponent face-to-face, man-to-man, or largely over with, you still have a, a lot of gear to move. You still have ammunition to move. You still have a lot going on, right? And you need to be able to do your job to do that. And it, it's not easy. It, it, it's not easy. And, and it's, it's the, the problem is, is further compounded by the fact that you know, as a society, we're more sedentary and gain more weight. So recruits come to uh, boot camps for all four services way out of shape. And it's, it's hard to get in shape at that age and stay in shape. But it's, it's not because these people are trying to be jerks or mean that they're demanding this. The nature of warfare is you need to be able to take the fight to the enemy. And if you can't fight effectively, you're not going to win very many battles. Plus, you know, I tell people all the time, I'm like, look, you know, pick up, if you ever get the opportunity to pick up a, a 50 caliber machine gun receiver or just the tripod, the tripod alone weighs about 45 pounds. Just pick up the tripod and Put it on your back and imagine trying to walk, you know, 5, 10, 15 miles that thing, set it up and fight, then pack it up and walk another 5, 15 miles, set up and fight. You've you got to be in shape to do that. If your buddy gets shot in, in combat, right, I don't know about you, but I kind of want to know that the guy next to me can carry me back to the dock to get fixed. And I I never had a problem doing that. I I was never worried about doing that. But you want to know that the guy can do that if he's, you know, 130 pounds or or, or 200 pounds. And and then again, I mean, by the time you put on the uh, flat jacket and the armor and the helmet, you know, and then your, 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 your main pack and your weapon, You've got between 40 and 70 pounds worth of gear you're hauling. I mean, it, it, it's a physically demanding job. 
And we need people who are in shape to do that job. And it's a hard job. It's a brutally, brutally hard job. So I, I don't think he's being out of place saying that, you know, you got to get fit. These standards go into place in 2020. And if you want to make the Army a career, uh, I would strongly suggest that maybe, just maybe on the weekends instead of, you know, playing Fortnite and, you know, Battlefield, you might want to, you know, check out your, your, your ruck and get in shape. I mean, shoot, the Army has people that will help you get in shape. Nutritionists, the whole nine yards. Take advantage of it because it's coming. It, it seems like the Army's had enough of what's been going on, and they're starting to make changes in basic uh, training in other places to get a fighting force that they want. Uh, make no mistake, our enemies are looking for ways to exploit every weakness we have, and this is one of them. So, uh, yay the army. That's my feeling on it. That's my answer. Okay, moving on to the word section of the week. Uh, this is part two of my month-long series in October about World War I. Um Episode 114, I tried to summarize it all in, in 25 minutes, and I don't think I did the best job, but I tried to get the scope of it, and you really uh, learned a whole lot more when you deal with World War I than with other wars. And one of the things that uh, I learned that I want to talk about is a lot of people do not know this, and I didn't know this until about a year ago, that uh, the country of India contributed heavily, heavily to the uh, World War I effort. I mean heavily. Estimations that during World War I, over one million Indian troops served overseas. And in total, about 75,000 Indian soldiers died during the war. And another 70,000 were wounded. In World War I, the Indian Army fought against uh, the Germans in East Africa and on the Western Front. And they, they served valiantly. And they did this again in World War II. That's another podcast from the time. But the fact of the matter is they, they, they came to play. These were effective troops. And the idea around this was if India served in this war, it would be a pathway to this country gaining or regaining their independence back from uh, Great Britain. So there was a lot at stake for them to do this. And at the time, it was right up there with Great Britain as having one of the largest uh, volunteer armies in the world at the time, 1914, right? 1914, they had an induction strength of 240,000 men. Britain, only slightly more, okay? And... You know, as, as far as what they did and how they served, uh, were primarily uh, ground troops, infantry. They didn't do a lot of trench fighting. They were more along the front lines or, or, or shock troops designed to go in and, you know, either boost up other uh, allied forces or uh, 
serve in regions where it was warm, like Africa. You know, they're used to the heat. And they were quite good at it. They were quite good at it. They were divided into seven expeditionary forces, each serving in um, different places. One of the ones that uh, really came to me was the second Queen Victoria's own Rashputs Light Infantry. And the reason I bring them up is I had a couple co-workers from India, and I started asking them about, did there, any of their family serve in World War I, World War II? And a couple of them said, yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, come back and see us in a few days and we'll, we'll show you some cool stuff. And two of these individuals had like really cool stuff. I mean, I, I don't know if that's the right term, but when I say cool, they were actually brought in a picture book of their grandfathers and great-grandfathers serving in these wars. I mean, looking like veritable badasses. I mean, with turbans and swords and, you know, they're on horseback riding into the front. Uh, one of them said his father was an, was, a, was an aviator in World War II. And, and I asked them, I said, you know, look, I, I considered myself a, a, not, I'm not an expert by any means. I'm not going to sit there and tell you that I'm a military uh, historic, history expert. I am not going to say that, but what I will say is I have a pretty fair knowledge of of what happened uh, in, in a lot of military conflicts, absolutely. But I'll, I will tell everybody on this podcast who's listening or who reads the blog post, I, I had absolutely no idea that India contributed that heavily in World War One. Not to mention what they did in World War II, but World War One especially. Like, you know, I've played the video games, I've watched the movies, I've read the books, and they talk about the, the Russians and the Germans and the British and the French and the Americans and the Dutch and the Norwegians, on, on, on. You never, ever see anything about India in World War One or World War Two. Like, I've never seen an American movie director ever make a movie about India and um, World War One, ever, ever. So it's with great humility that I'm sitting there listening to the, these guys tell me about, you know, their family service and how you know this uncle, you know, great uncle was was served here, and you know, you know, the, 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 their 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 grandfather and his brothers, their uncles were on this machine gun crew and you know, protected this right flank against the Germans for 14 hours and, you know, served with dignity and pride. And, and I never have figured out, even at the, the, the making of this podcast that I'm doing right now, why India never has really gotten the, the credit, if you will, that they deserve for the sacrifices they made. It, it just makes no sense. It, it makes no sense to me at all. I, I really have no reason why that happens especially when you consider the sheer number of people that served during World War War One. I. I mean, over a million served between 1914 and 1918. They raised 240,000, you know, when they when they went to uh, raise these brigades, raise these units. They were heavily involved. And it was just, uh, I was a little bit ashamed, I'm not going to lie, that I couldn't uh, sit there and, and talk with them about this in any kind of, 
uh, of articulate way. I, I, I had to sit there and, and learn. And then I started reading uh, some of the, the articles they sent me about how this was all a, a, a way for India to, you know, we're going to serve, but we want to get on a pathway to be an independent country. And they kind of had Britain over a barrel. I mean, Britain definitely needed uh, manpower to to fight. They needed they were they were being attacked on on different fronts, and they needed to raise a large army quickly. And so they got on this pathway to becoming an independent country, or not really becoming. They were an independent territory before they became a territory of Great Britain. They just wanted their independence back. And it was kind of a, a surreal moment talking to the, 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 these people who I work with them every day, talk to them and, and realized, you know, the pride they had that their, their grandfathers did what they did to, to, you know, make them become a country again. Because they sat there and told me, look, if our, if our grandparents hadn't done that, we wouldn't be able to enjoy the kind of life that we we had today, we either would be, you know, part of, of Italy, we would have been taken over by the Germans, or uh, we'd still be under British rule. And as you know, one of my colleagues explained is still there's a lot of British customs and traditions in India right now. The influence of that time still is is heavily imprinted on the culture, but it's still Indian culture with everything that goes along with it. And they really feel that they had a chance to get that back. And they were very proud, extremely proud, and thankful and grateful for the sacrifices made by their uh, family members, by their, by their forefathers. And they're showing me these pictures of these guys, you know, marching in step with, you know, people throwing flowers at their feet because of what they did. And, and, and you know, here's my, here's my great-grandfather, you know, that's, that's his sword that he carried, and that sword was made by this person. And you know, it was it was a family. It wasn't issued to him by the British government. He carried that as part of you know the family into battle. And I'm like, you know, oh my God. You know, the closest thing I'd have to it is I I don't, I don't think I have anything like that from my my grandparents. And, and so it was a really like humbling experience. And, and then you start actually reading where they serve. And it just, again, I, I, I know I keep hitting this point home, but it's really uh, strange that you never hear about it. And I, I've tried finding uh, some movies about it. There's nothing really in American or British filmmaking about India's contributions to the war effort. And the interest of full disclosure, I have not looked at you know, anything Bollywood about World War One? If I find something, I'll put it in the uh, blog post link on OscarMikeRadio.com. You can check it out. But compared to what has been written about Germany and, and Russia and, um, and Japan and, and other countries, there is virtually nothing readily available about India. And so that's why I kind of want to do this podcast. I want to sit there and say, hey, if you check out these links that I'm going to have in the blog post and you kind of dig into it a little bit, there's a whole swath of history that you may have missed in school or in cinema or in just fiction and nonfiction reading that is there 
the numbers are clearly there. It definitely happened. There are, there's tons of evidence to show that it was there. My colleagues were very happy and, and pleased that I was interested in, in this. And, and I, I was, you know, humbled, but happy to learn. And again, the, the feeling I got was this one of, of pride where they had this feeling of pride and, and, you know, this deep connection with their country and culture because their, their grandfathers and great-grandfathers went through this. And, you know, their, their mothers were, um, you know, very diligent in, in teaching them about, you know, what their, uh, what their you know, prior generations had done so they could be the India that we know today. And it's just very, very cool. I mean, it's just very, very cool. I mean, I, I, again, and I say that because, you know, my, my coolest memory about both of my grandfathers were seeing them in their, their dress whites uh, when they were in the Navy. They didn't really talk about it a whole lot. They really didn't say much about it, but it, it was a great source of pride to see both my grandfathers in their dress whites uh, in the Navy. And that's kind of the feeling I got from my colleagues who talked to me about uh, their family serving in both World War I and World War II, that it was something that, that gives them an extreme amount of pride. And they really didn't mind that no one in the greater world knows about it. Their main focus is making sure that the generations that follow know what was done to make India what it is today. And I, I really admire that because I think we here in America get away from that sometimes. We really don't understand what was going on in World War I to get us where we are. Again, World War I was supposed to be the war that ended all wars. We know that to be anything but true now. But for India, it was a pathway to regain what was not theirs, to take back uh, their country and culture. And so I hope you check out the links on the blog post. Lots of great information out there. And, you know, this is uh, the, the 100th year anniversary of the, 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 the sign the armistice to end the uh, World War I. And if you happen to know some Indian people, you might want to ask them about this. And you might be surprised at the answer you get. I certainly was. I certainly enjoyed uh, learning. And now I have, uh, you know, colleagues getting me in touch with people in India about certain things. And it's just been a very, very cool experience. And I really appreciate these 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 guys, these people, and, and just being, you know, really open about what happened and how they feel about it and what it means to them to be Indian. Um, not something you hear about a whole lot. They're very uh, reserved people sometimes and not want, not drawn to uh, drawing attention to themselves. But the, again, the, the pride in their eyes and, and the, 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 the warmth they have for somebody who is acknowledging what they did during this time is pretty special. And I, I was really humbled and honored that they would take the time to talk to me about it. So again, I'm going to have all kinds of links in the blog posts, some cool, cool pictures that are, you know, historically accurate. And, you know, again, that's why I'm doing this, uh, something you might not hear about too often. And I hope it, uh, kind of, get your whistle wet to learn more about this time in our history. So the only upcoming event I want to talk about is, well, there's kind of two of them. By the time you hear this podcast, one of them will be passed. Um, that is the 16th annual Leave No One Behind Gala. Uh, 
Uh, that is October 10th at the Seaport World Trade Center in Boston. Uh, people ask me all the time, is there an organization I can give money to, to uh, that, that really takes care of veterans and makes sure that there is you know, new services and programs being provided to veterans in need. I can tell you that this is an organization, the New England Center and Home for Veterans, that works very hard to provide the kind of atmosphere it takes for, a, provides the kind of atmosphere needed for a veteran to have success in life. And sometimes it's a long road, sometimes it's just a, you know, a hand up, you know, not a handout, but they are there, they've been there, and this is their way to kind of showcase what they're doing, but also let people know that, you know, homeless veterans will not be forgotten. And if, if you, uh, you know, are hearing this, and yeah, the event is over, I know, but I want to talk about it anyway, definitely go to nechv.org and check out their website get on their uh, Facebook page. If you hit the Facebook page, you'll get all the notifications about stuff going on there. They got a lot going on. Anything from the great uh, the Greater Boston Stand Down to organizations coming in doing work and other services they provide to veterans. It's a, it's a great organization and you can be in the know in plenty of time for next year. So uh, do that for me. Also, this Friday night at the uh, Emerald in Abington, Massachusetts, 22 Kill Boston will be doing their casino night to raise money for 22 Kill. You definitely want to come down and check that out as I will be stopping by to say hello, and hopefully all the 22 Kill will be down there. And if you uh, run into me, we'll get a selfie together, have some fun, have some yucks. Look forward to seeing you there. So next week will be part three of this World War I series. Like I said before, I could do a episode every, uh, every week for a year and still not scratch the surface of what World War I was, what it encompassed, how it changed our history in some ways more than World War II. Um, it, it just really was a turning point in how uh, technology was used to execute wars and changes made to uh, geopolitical boundaries, uh, thoughts, the, the birth of communism, so on and so forth. I go on, on, on. All kinds of stuff interspersed with this time of our history, this, this, this uh, four-year period. So I certainly can't talk about it all at one time, but definitely want to pick some things that uh, I didn't know about. Maybe you didn't either. So that is it for now. Uh, thanks again for checking it out. I am Travis with Oscar Mike Radio, and we are out.